Well, hey, everybody. It, it's 2022. We made it. Everything will be fine now. Remember a year ago when we were saying, happy 2021, have a great year. It can't be any worse than 2020. Well, how did that work out for you? It was another challenging year, right? It was, it, it, I don't know if it was better or worse, but it had all sorts of new challenges for us. As we continue, well, you know the struggles of it. I don't need to go over all of those. But it was challenging. Now, I don't mean to make light of the, the serious difficulty that many of you have had. Uh, maybe you, like as I have, have lost loved ones in this year. Maybe you've had economic trouble, you uh, lost a job or, or struggled, had a new kind of arrangement working at home, maybe you had family troubles. I know there were a lot of um, milestones that were lost, right? Uh, graduations and weddings that were postponed or changed or became not what you had always dreamed of just because of this crazy world and where we are. But you know, through all of those challenges, I've also seen growth. And I've seen growth in this church. I've seen people praying for each other like never before. I've seen people encouraging one another. I've seen people being creative and finding ways to get together and support one another. There are small groups meeting online now because they have to meet online. And you here in the room are here with us. You watching online have, have crafted this time out of your schedule to come and join this community of faith. We have been agile in our fellowship, in our ministry. We have been creative. We have been generous. And as Jeff was talking about the food pantry, but what a great ministry that has been. And how many of you have, have stepped out of your comfort zone, given more than, than usual to support that ministry. Spiritual growth happens often when we face difficulties. There is something about that cauldron that helps us become better. And so this is a moment, a beginning of a new year where it, people are asking the question, how am I going to become a better person in 2022? And for us at Hope Church, since we are all about following Jesus, the question is, how do we follow Jesus better in 2022? How can we build on our faith, build a new life uh, together here. Well, there's a scripture that I've loved for years, um, kind of obscure. It's in the book of Jude, the next to last book in the Bible. It's just a one pager. They, they tell us it was probably written on one piece of papyrus back in the day. And um, uh, it's a weird book, it's, it's got weird stuff in it, but the, the end of the book has particularly helpful um, I, I, wording, uh, in, inspiring words of faith and growth, and uh, we're gonna look at some of those, those words today. Uh, so when they asked me to preach uh, on this day, I, I 
said, okay, well, this is the passage that I've been meditating on for years that I want to preach about. And, um, uh, and so la- last week, they, they, the office called me up and, and said, so what are you, uh, what's your theme for preaching? And I said, well, uh, 2022. And what's your scripture? Well, it's Jude 20 to 22. <laughs> It is. It's verses 20 to 22 of the one chapter of Jude. And so that, I, I, that's one of God's little tricks, I think, that, that he plays on us. So we are getting a message for January 2022 from Jude 20 to 22. And it starts like this. We have the scripture on our screen somewhere. Uh, but you, dear friends... By building yourselves up in your most holy faith. And it goes on there, but we're going to start. That's going to be kind of our our title for this. How do we build ourselves up in our most holy faith? Especially in difficult times. When we go through a couple of years like we've just had, how do we build on those ruins and have an even stronger, better faith going forward? Well, I I do want to point out that that the, the word yourselves there is interesting, a plural reflexive pronoun. There you go, English teachers in the group love that. Um, whenever, whenever we see that, we have to understand it in a couple of different ways. And one is that each of us individually need to think about how we are going to build ourselves individually up in this new year. So that's one of the, one of the challenges. That's probably the main challenge we'll be thinking about today. But also, building ourselves up is always corporate. When we're talking about the church, we're talking about each other. So how do we, the church, build ourselves together? How do I help you? How do you help me grow in Christ? How do we build ourselves up in our most holy faith? And then the other thing that we always need to be aware of, especially... uh, in, in these challenges to better ourselves is that we have a lot of help from God, that we're not doing this alone. We're not just trying to be as good as we can possibly be, but that God has an interest in building us up. And so whatever we are doing to be better, whatever resolutions we have, whatever self-improvement we're talking about, God is doing the, the heavy lifting on that. We're just helping out. We're participating in what God is doing. God works and we work. And we work together to create good stuff. So I want to talk about three ways. That, and and this, this passage, Jude 20 to 22, goes on to, to, to talk about a number of things. I'm picking out three of those that we're, we're going to focus on that I hope you can take with you through the coming year of ways that you might build yourselves up uh, with God's power um, in your most holy faith. So the next phrase in this is um, praying in the Holy Spirit. We have that here. So by building yourselves up and praying in the Holy Spirit, and I wanna pause there and talk about praying. I, I would say this might be the most important thing about being a believer, about connecting with God. It is this communication that we have with God. And unfortunately, 
I've heard a lot of people who have hang-ups about prayer. They've, they've heard too many preachers tell them how not to pray, and so they're afraid that they're praying wrong. I hope you don't have that problem. But, but that for a lot of people, they're, just, they're afraid that they're doing it wrong. I heard one person talk, say, well, I, I've heard that you really shouldn't pray for yourself or for your own needs. You shouldn't ask God to, 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 to help you, to heal you, to give you anything, that that would be selfish. And we don't wanna be selfish as Christians, so don't ask God for things for yourself. Baloney. That's, that's a theological term, I'll, I'll explain it later. Um, scripture does not say that. Yeah, sure, it says don't be selfish, but it says, Philippians 4, 6, says don't worry about things, instead pray about everything, and with thanksgiving let your requests be known to God. It says let your requests be made known to God. With thanksgiving, So we're grateful for what he gives us. We're not just ordering a butler around to do our bidding. It's not like that. You're not making an order on Amazon. It's God that you're talking to, but you are talking to God about what you need. He invites us to do that. He compared, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus compared our request to a child asking a parent for bread or for Candy, I suppose, nowadays, or, or something uh, like that. A child asks a parent to provide, and so when we trust God to provide for us, that's an act of faith, that's an act of worship. So we can ask God for what we want. In fact, what does the Lord's Prayer say? Give us this day our daily bread. So Lord, give us what we need. Jesus put that in his model prayer. So yes, you can pray for what you need. Do not feel shy about asking God for what you want. With thanksgiving, understanding that God often has a better idea of what you want, just as a parent may not give a child candy whenever the child wants candy, but God is loving and giving and will provide, and we can trust that as we pray. I've heard some people get hung up on the language of prayer. I don't know how to pray in a religious way, so I just don't. I had a a friend years ago in a in a Bible study. uh, We had a prayer time, and uh, she she began praying and and um, was struggling, trying to sound religious. And so so Lord, we we thank thee that thou hast passed done great things and we trust thy will to be done and it was it was kind of painful to to listen to this I knew what was in her heart that she wanted to connect with God and so we all accepted this as as an offering from her heart but I talked to her later and said why why were you talking in language that people used 400 years ago and well, it seemed religious. That seemed, it's, God is God. God is so great. Wouldn't he want to have holy language? And I said, I think what I read in scripture 
is that God wants to hear from us, from our hearts. He doesn't want us to put on lofty language. He just wants to know what we're, what we're feeling. And in fact, Jesus very specifically criticized the hypocrites who stood on street corners and said, oh Lord, how great thou art, and, and, and in order to impress people with their highfalutin language. Jesus said, no, they're not really praying, they're just putting on a show. And they get the applause that they're looking for. People say, oh, you are so religious. But that's not how you should be praying. Make it a private moment between you and God. Talk to God as you would talk to somebody, a friend, another person there. God wants to hear from you. I've heard people say, I feel guilty about sin in my life. And so I can't, I've heard preachers say that God will not hear the prayer of a sinner. That God, that sin blocks the communication with God. And there is, there, there is some theology underneath all of that which is worth thinking about, but not for very long. The fact is that if there is sin in your life, the best thing you can do is to talk to God. God wants you to come to him. He says through Isaiah, come, let us reason together. Though your sins are, are red like, like scarlet, like blood, I will make you white as snow. God transforms us, and if there are problems in, their li- in, in our lives, and there always are, we can come to God for understanding, for forgiveness, for growth, that God wants to hear from us even in those times when there is sin in our life, when we are struggling with something. He wants us to come to him in prayer. So, I know at this point you're... Um, you're expecting me to, to suggest that you create a uh, resolution for the new year, that every morning for 20 minutes you will bow and pray and that'll become part of your regular schedule. Or every evening you'll look back over the day and thank God for the things in your life. Those are very good ideas, but that's not what I'm preaching about today. So you're off the hook. You can, you can do your own resolution, that'll be fine. What I see in Jude 20, is this, this phrase, praying in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean, to pray in the Holy Spirit? And I'm suggesting that it doesn't mean setting aside a particular time for a prayer. Not a bad idea, but not what it's saying here. That the Holy Spirit, the word in, in Greek and also in Hebrew, the word for spirit is the same as the word for wind and the same as the word for breath. And in fact, we have that story from creation of God making the first human and breathing into the first human the breath of life. And the, the person came alive. That the life, our life as humans, depends on a spirit that comes from God. And so we might think of the Holy Spirit not just as this God identity out there somewhere, but as the wind that blows through our community, through our world, and into our lives. And so maybe prayer is like breathing. Maybe as we take in air and let it out, that that's a model of what we can do in our prayer lives. 
You know, there's a verse, you could probably memorize it right now, because it's one of the shortest verses in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray continually. That's it, two words. Pray continually. You got that memorized here? Say it with me. Pray continually. There you go. You learned something today. You know, for a long time, this, in, the, in the old King James, it's pray without ceasing. And that's, that's the idea of it. No, the, the Greek word there is, you know, with, with no let up. Just keep praying. And, and when I was growing up, every preacher I heard said this is hyperbole. This is just an over, I mean, no one can, act, can actually never stop praying. I mean, that would be ridiculous. It's just saying pray a lot. Pray, uh, you know, it, it's, it's an exaggeration. But then we got cell phones. And our whole idea of communication totally changed. So back in the day, you'd have your landline and you'd dial a number and you'd, you'd pick up the receiver and you'd have a talk with somebody. And then you'd hang up. But now, people live on their phones. Especially if you have teenagers in, you, in your home, you know what that's about. That they're always texting, they're always talking, they're always checking some TikTok thing. That their lives are, on, are constantly in communication with their friends, with the world, with, it is, it seems like talking without ceasing. And that, the world has created that for us now so we can understand that passage now. God is around us all the time. He is the wind that blows through our world. And so we can, with every breath, be communicating with God, praying and listening, and in that constant conversation. It, 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 in a way, it's like um, a road trip that you take with God. And you're going for hundreds of miles and sitting there and God's talking and you're listening and you're talking and God's listening and sometimes you're both just listening to the radio. But you're having that time together. You are in communication. So I want to suggest to you today a couple of breath prayers. There's nothing fancy about this. You could probably make this up on your own, but I'm gonna suggest it to you that maybe these are some tools that you could take with you into the new year that at various times of the day, not a special beginning of the day, end of the day thing, but, but moments during the day, you could speak these prayers or think these prayers, feel these prayers. The first one is, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We have so much to thank God for. And the thing is, we, we tend to complain about things more than we tend to be grateful for things. And so you go through life and you say, oh, this, this is happening. And we're, we're complaining when the good things happen. We need to be ready at, at that breath to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that thing that just happened now. I, I lost my keys and looked ever, and there, there they were. Found them, thank you, Lord. Could be that simple. Thank you, Lord. 
I'm gonna ask you to say that. I'm gonna, and let's make it a breath prayer. So breathe in, not too deeply if you're in the room here, okay? We'll, we'll, we'll keep the breath to a shallow level. But I'll count one, two, three, and, and then we'll all say thank you, Lord. I want you to think about something specific that you're thankful about. Can you do that? Think about something, and you at home, you have no excuse. You can breathe as much as you want there because you're with family, you're alone, you're, you can do that. So everyone, one, two, three, and thank you, Lord. Second one, similar, help me, Lord. We all get in those situations where we don't know what to do. We don't seem to have the strength. We can't get through it. We need God's help. Um, I know you've been (laughs) in those situations um, as I have. And so in those moments, You may already be doing this, but pray, help me, Lord. Let's try that together. One, two, three, and help me, Lord. The third one, all too often becomes important, forgive me, Lord. He is ready to forgive us. And there are these things in life, sometimes just attitudes, just uh, we, um, we get angry people. And we just feel the anger rising up and, oh no, I shouldn't be feeling that way. Oh, forgive me, Lord. We feel proud. Oh, I'm better than that person. Forgive me, Lord. Um, I'll tell you, whenever I preach here, there are all sorts of emotions that, that go through as I'm sitting down there waiting to preach. And it's, it's a combination of pride and total self hatred, you know, it, it's, it's, I can't do this, and oh, well, yes, I can, I'm really good, no, I'm not, and, and doing all of that, forgive me, Lord, for all of that, forgive me, Lord, and so I, I'm not going to say, let's do this way out loud, but I want you to think it, and what is it in your life that you might need to, to keep connecting with God and, and get refined uh, in that way, so one, two, Three, and forgive me, Lord. And the last one is show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. And this has to do with when you need wisdom in a particular situation. Show me what to do. I find this often if I'm talking with a friend. And the friend, I can tell, is troubled, has needs needs something from me, needs assurance, needs challenge, needs a listening ear, needs something, and I don't know what they need. And so I'm listening intently to what they say, and I, I shoot this prayer in a, in a breath to God and say, show me, Lord, what to say, what to do. And sometimes it's don't say anything, just listen. Often that's the case and I'm kept from saying stupid stuff, but in some cases it's, oh, here's an idea. Say this, and God helps to redeem a situation there. Show me, Lord. Let's think of a situation where you might need to be shown wisdom in your life, and, and let's say that together. One, two, three, and show me, Lord. You know, in the book of James, first chapter, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God, 
Ask God for the wisdom that you need. Those four prayers may help us through an awful lot. There are a couple of more phrases that I want to talk about quickly before we finish today. The, the next phrase is, um, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in God's love. And I want to talk about what this verse doesn't mean and then what it does mean. Uh, at first reading, it, it sounds like you might be able to, to, to say, they're saying, uh, he, he's saying, don't do anything bad that will stop God from loving you. And that only works if you have not read any other part of the New Testament. Because the whole New Testament, especially, and much of the Old Testament, is saying God's love is eternal. Nothing can separate you from God's love. God loves you no matter what you do. God is ready to forgive you. So this is not be good so God will stop loving you. It is you are loved by God. Live as a person being loved by God. Understand that you are loved by God and live that way. Whenever we talk about the love for God, there are a number of things that come into play. God loves us. We love God. And so keep yourselves loving God with your life. Show love for God in the way you live your life. But also, God loves others and wants us to love others. So live in love showing God's love to other people. It's like we are swimming in a pool of God's love. God's love for us, our love for God, our love for others. We are splashing people on the side of the pool. Come on in, the water's fine. Swim in the pool of God's love. That's what Jude is challenging us to do. I think of, um, there's an author that I did some work with 20 years ago or so. A guy named Kevin Lehman wrote books about family, about parenting. And he told me once that something I, I never forgot about. You know, he had grown, his kids were, were young adults at this point. But he told me about in their teenage years that you know, it, it was kind of scary for a parent to send the kids out. You know, to, they got their license and they were driving. They started dating. They you know, went off to college. They were making their own decisions about so many things. And he, he didn't want to put a lot of rules on them. He felt that they had raised them well. And he, but he told them, you are a part of the Lehman family here. You are beloved by the Lehman family. Act as a person who is loved by this family. And that's what Jude is telling us here. You are part of God's family. You are loved by God. Act as a person loved by God. The last phrase in this passage in Jude, be merciful to those who doubt. Be merciful to those who doubt. The word doubt here in the Greek has to do about weighing options, deciding between things. And there are a lot of people who are deciding whether to let God into their lives or not. There are benefits, but also there's a cost to it, and they're wondering what to do with that. Be merciful to those people. Be kind to those people. At Hope, we've always had this in mind 
that we welcome people who have questions. How we welcome people who are struggling. We don't exclude them. We, we bring people into our worship. Join us as we worship God. We say that continually. And so in your life, there may be someone who is weighing things, who is weighing options. You know who they are. You, and God brings them to your mind. Pray for them and show mercy to them. Show kindness to them. Woo them. Don't scold them. Don't preach to them. Just love them. Splash them from the pool of God's love. Come on in. The water's fine. We're going to end today with a benediction from the end of the book of Jude, just a few verses later from what we've been talking about, there's this wonderful benediction, so we'll close with that. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great year. God bless.